Hey everyone, Adam here with the Shooter's Touch. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When Brian and I were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had tons of questions. How do we record an episode? How do we get my show into all the apps like Spotify, Apple Podcast, where all of our listeners can listen to it? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is actually pretty simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free, and it is honestly ridiculously easy to use. Now, Anchor can match you with your great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast immediately. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading all of this stuff to you. So, when Brian and I started this podcast venture, one of our huge issues was we both have families, multiple kids, day jobs, multiple jobs sometimes. How are we going to get in the same spot at the same time to do this podcast on a regular basis? Anchor does that. No need to be in the same spot. It's essentially a phone call to one another and you're recording a podcast. So if you always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, you need to go to anchor.fm backslash start to join me and Shooter's Touch and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm backslash start. I can't wait to hear from you and to listen to your podcast. Hey, hey, podcasters. We are back with another edition of the Shooter's Touch. I'm Adam here with Brian. And Brian, we had an exciting matchup this weekend uh, with the Panthers and the Bulldogs. Great game to watch. Uh, I know you got to catch the second half. Um, and uh, also pretty pretty cool experience for me. Got to uh, witness uh, the recognition of the 1968-69 Drake men's basketball team that uh, actually made the Final Four. So it, all around exciting day at the NAP Center. Yeah, yeah, that was really neat. Obviously, from from everything that those guys uh, they had a um, sound like a week long celebration, being able to celebrate that team and then the throwback jerseys and all the stuff that. Um, um, went along with that was was neat to see and um, interesting little side note actually my high school counselor um, Dale Teeter and actually teammate of my dad's in high school was part of that team um, and so I saw him uh, I saw him there out there at half court and um, taking in part of that celebration and then obviously as well as the well-known Rick Wanamaker and Iowa Realty um, as well yep. was 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 there and um, probably the most notable one, but yeah, so it was, it was neat to see those guys out there and obviously get an opportunity to, um, you know, celebrate that and, and, and talk about that experience. I even talking with my father-in-law this weekend, he was, um, telling me about how he remembers watching that game and, you know, just how big that was and how crazy of a matchup it was to think about those historic UCLA teams against, you know, Des Moines Drake. So, um, right. Yeah, that, that was neat. It would be un, been fun to be in the nap. That's for sure. Yeah, and it was it was kind of cool just for you know outside of that whole um, you know I guess the uh, having everybody back from that actual team was they announced some of the um, some of the players from era after that team too, which 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 were some of them that I played against in college. You know, Adam Emenecker was there as he usually is. Um, 
I mean, Clayton Corver was out there, Nick Grant, Leonard Houston, um, all of those guys that played against that that had that team um, in 08 that actually won the won the Valley and made it to the NCAA tournament. Uh, I believe they got knocked out of the NCAA tournament that year by uh, Western Kentucky in the first round. But uh, obviously a great team, and and it was kind of cool for me to get to talk to those guys again too. Um, <clears throat> and you know, I I was talking to actually one of my uh, um, one of my former teammates that was there and until this week I honestly had no idea they made the final four and let alone after I'm doing some research for this podcast they actually beat North Carolina in the consolation game so they were third place in the entire nation um I honestly don't think that gets enough play around here in Des Moines but uh um I guess maybe I'm the minority in that one um kind of funny looking through the the Missouri Valley Conference during that time you know you have um obviously Drake North Texas State uh yeah Memphis State in there Tulsa Louisville um and so kind of so kind of funny how the you know that there is a lot of talk about conference realignment but Missouri Valley has realigned itself quite a bit since that time obviously a while ago but um but kind of cool to look back at some of those years yeah and I believe wasn't that uh like 32 teams got into the tournament at that time too i know it was a much smaller field too so the fact that you know drake got in even got in and then was obviously able to win their way um as far as the right just just adds and like you said to mention beating north carolina um the fact that they a played a constellation game and you know b obviously beat um a program of that level and then obviously yeah. what uh ucla and the wizard of westwood and the dynasty that they were on to, <laughs> to basically have a chance in that game too, um, you know, for all intents and purposes to be able to win that. And then, uh, you know, kind of falter down the stretches um, speaks volume for, for that program. And like you said, I, you know, I know a lot of people, I feel remember it and I know that they reference, you know, kind of the buzz that that created, but uh, you know, this, this many years later, it does seem like it, it's kind of something that it, you know, it was almost forgotten. So it was nice for those guys to, um, to really be recognized again. Absolutely. And I just, just looked it up, Brian, in 1969, there were 25 teams in the NCAA tournament that year. So, um, so pretty cool that they got to obviously made it in, uh, in that list of, um, not, not very many schools in the NCAA tournament, but, uh, you know, as far as, as far as the game goes, um, you know, obviously a couple of days after here, we get a chance to, uh, I digest and, and review all the, all the stats and all the highlights and stuff. Um, you know, pretty fun game to watch, uh, you know, as a, um, as a UNI alum, obviously would have rather had a, had a better out, outcome, but, um, you know, as I mentioned, it was a fun game. I thought the Panthers played well. Um, you know, Drake, I, I felt played tempo. And so I thought you and I hung with them uh, as long as they could, obviously, and, you know, just couldn't get over that hump. But uh, I know you you had a chance to watch some of the game and review some of the stats from the Drake side. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, no, it was, um, you know, going back to a little bit. I know you and I talked about the afterwards after the game, but, uh, you know, our, our preview and going in and what it, the Bulldogs were going to need to do to be able to um, come away with a, a W in that game was – um, like you mentioned, playing with pace, and they definitely continued to attack and and um, um, constantly throughout the game push the ball in transition. Uh, the guards needed to contribute was my second key uh, going into that, and um, they certainly did that. Obviously, DJ in the second half really kind of turned it on and um, was making plays, and 
got in the end up scoring 18 and you know Brady had 12 as well and uh, Noah Thomas you know while he only had seven points he also had three steals and only committed one turnover um, so those guys definitely contributed and then the last one uh, key I had was at the free throw line and the Bulldogs must have listened to me on that as well because they went 17 for 18 from the free throw line um, which you know is a ton I mean they're averaging 12 and a half a game and to get up in 17 and like we said in our previous podcast, they're just shooting a high percentage from the line. So, so that was good to see. And, um, and we talked about that 65 number, you know, it was back and forth and, you know, I, I had the expectations that, you know, you and I, or you and I would obviously hang around and be able to do some things defensively. And then, uh, they did hit some big shots and kept it close there late into the second half. And, um, once it kind of got even more of an up and down match there and we got into the seventies, you know, I continued to, to feel a little bit better about the, about the situation and, and the outcome for the Bulldogs. One of the stats that I had, um, had a circle around here on my end was the free throw, uh, was free throw line, you know, Bulldogs, as you mentioned, 17 for 18 Panthers only shot six and, um, you know, made, uh, I guess only missed a couple of those, but you know, that's, that's essentially where the game was won. You know, they, each team shot about 50% uh, shot, um, you know, a low percentage from the three point line. Uh, Drake was about 33%. You and I was about 40%. Um, So when you, when you, when you couple those things together, um, you know, that, that essentially should probably be right around the tie game. And then, you know, you add in uh, how Drake made about 13 more free throws. That's, that's the game right there. Um, You know, from the, at, at the game, you know, being there, you know, we talked about last time at the McLeod Center, um, how Nick McGlynn, in my opinion, got outplayed by, by Luke McDonald. And that, that definitely was not the case this time. Um, the watching the game and, and, uh, you know, watching the front line, it was definitely evident that, um, you know, that you and I needs, needs some work there. You know, they, they have Luke McDonald in there who's, who can score the basketball, um, who can, who's very good at, uh, at them passing the basketball, but he's just not, not the biggest big guy in the world. You know, he, he got, he got shoved around quite a bit by Nick McGlynn there. And then he put in Justin Dahl, who is a bigger body, you know, seven foot um, wide, you know, big guy. And he's not, not very skilled on the offensive end. So you're, you know, you got to give and take. We don't really, you and I doesn't really have that guy. That's, that's all of those. Um, and, you know, honestly for Drake, Nick McGlynn is that guy. He's a big body. He's strong down low. He can score the basketball and he's good on the defensive end. So I thought he was one of the reasons why, why Drake came out with a W as well. Yeah. And obviously <laughs> he has his 22 points, uh, seven rebounds that he had was, was obviously big for the Bulldogs and um, obviously his energy as well. You know, he he was fired up. He was ready to go. You know, he four years being a senior there, um, seeing that nap center in Iraq and then everything that was going on. Um, you could just tell that he he came ready to go. Seemed to be locked in. And and like you said, obviously you and I that they, they've had some struggles, you know, down low in the post uh, here this year. And you know, in years past, they always seem to have those two guys. Uh, they usually have one one body, one bruiser in there, and then one guy that's pretty skilled. You know, and right now they have one that's pretty skilled and don't really have that other guy that they can um, lean on as far as get in there and push some guys around, maybe use up a few fouls or whatever. And so <laughs> that, that definitely hurt them, I think. Um, you know, that was that was big for them, just getting that presence inside. And, um, 
like we mentioned, going to the free throw line. I mean, the free throw line was the difference on that. And um, as we both know from the playing days, it's the the more aggressive team is the one that's going to find themselves at the free throw line. Um, and I think right. that was that was the difference, you know, the on Saturday between the two teams. And shout out to McGlynn, uh, scored his 1,000th point during that game. Congratulations, Nick. That's a, that's a pretty awesome accomplishment. Um, and, you know, you think about him being, uh, being his last year, you know, the you know, previous three years had some struggles with, uh, you know, as far as the team goes, um, you know, not very much success um, here, uh, here last two or three years. And to see that, that, that many people at the NAP Center, you know, that as, as loud as they got, that's, that's got to be a pretty awesome feeling for him. So, you know, happy for him that, um, you know, they're doing well and happy for him for scoring that thousand point. And you're right. His energy is <clears throat> is absolutely unmatched by anybody I've seen in the Valley this year. Good win for Drake. Um, you know, they stay a couple games back of Loyola in the Missouri Valley standings um, with, a, with a matchup with SIU right now um, and a couple of big games coming up here for the Bulldogs as well. Yeah, including actually, that's what I was just gonna cut in here. I'm why I got the Drake game going right now. Um, two things. One, I was gonna say going into uh, this game tonight, uh, Nick McGlynn, as you mentioned, uh, in the career that he's put together, was five blocks away, I believe, from setting the school record, and uh, is sitting at four right now. So his last, awesome. I think, it's 28, 28 seconds left. Um, if he doesn't get this game, obviously he'll get it in the next one. Um, but yeah, so he's sitting with ten, thirteen, and four. Um, and so he's, he's had another solid game again, just kind of being the staple for the Bulldogs. And, uh, this game here is uh, coming down, coming down to the wire. The Bulldogs have, have led most of the way. Um, but with a bucket there, cuts it to two with 23 seconds left. So, uh, so yeah, and, so this and, be you know, Southern, uh, is a tough place, place to play down there in Carbondale. So a win down there would be, would be no easy feat. Yeah, so we'll be. I'll be anxious to see kind of how all this shakes out. But like you said, I mean, the valley. Um, we keep saying it, it. It's continuing to be open. Um, it seems like Loyola has kind of settled in and found a little bit more of their groove. But uh, you know, that was a big win for the Bulldogs. Just to obviously in-state rival, be able to get past you and I, be able to um, bounce back from that loss uh, up in Cedar Falls, and you know, be able to put themselves in an opportunity to continue to compete. Uh, not only for the conference, but uh, as we keep talking about, when you get down to St. Louis and get out of that first day um, and give yourself a chance in that tournament. Right. And, you know, from the UNI side, another, um, you know, another, uh, I guess another tough loss that you were, you know, in for most of the game. And, um, you know, just kind of looking through the stats, you know, AJ had 19 uh, shot, shot 20 times. Uh, was nine for 21 for seven from the three-point line. Um, and, you know, we've talked about it before. As a freshman, it's tough to kind of – it's tough to walk into a college atmosphere, um, you know, and contribute right oh. away. And I guess let alone uh, to be the, um, you know, the the main guy or the guy on the team. So uh, he played he played pretty well, um, you know, had a couple of costly turnovers there, which he has done the entire season. Um, you know, but it's a give and take with him. And I think once they get him a little bit more help on the offensive end, he'll stop trying to force force things and hopefully be more of a contributor. Um, and then as we talked about, you know, the free throws were big. Uh, front line was big. McGlynn outplayed everybody on UNI's front line. Um, and the pace of, of the game, like I mentioned, was in the Bulldogs' favor. 
you know, I thought the, the Panthers stuck to it and were, were a lot closer than I thought they'd be if the Panthers, excuse me, if the Bulldogs got their way um, and played the pace that they wanted to. But, uh, um, you know, overall, like I said, fun game to watch, but another, another tough loss for the Panthers. You know, you talk about AJ Green, that was probably for another episode, but we're going to really, uh, here as we get down the stretch, we're going to have to talk about uh, possible freshman of the year uh, right. in the conference and what that looks like. Cause obviously DJ, um, is is right there with him too i know maybe not quite as um maybe doesn't quite get the accolades or the publicity that maybe aj does just coming in but uh yeah what what dj's continuing to do and um you know the numbers he's been able to put up uh you know i I think it'll be it'll be a good race i think it is those two and um uh what's his name over at valparaiso valpo yeah yeah, uh, you know he's 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 done really well for them as well, and so I think it's a, a three horse race. But um, depending on how things shake out, it, it'll come down. I think between the two that we got right here in the state, and you know yeah. they're both fun. They're both fun to watch. Um, you know we've obviously talked considerably about them here on the podcast, and so uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Here we got uh, real quick update. <laughs> we got sixty eight sixty six with fourteen seconds to go uh, in this straight game, and. Brady Ellington, um, you know, one of the other guys we've talked quite a bit about in his senior, senior leadership actually just got fouled, go to the free throw line. Um, awesome. Also knock both these, knock both he's, these down and uh, sneak he's out. He's probably of here one of the, the ones win. you want to be on the free throw line at that point. He is, absolutely. They, they, uh, they got uh, Garrett Sturts in a trap uh, last time, and uh, heady player that he is that called timeout, and we were able to get it to Ellington nice. here on this one. And, um, Knocked down the first, so so hopefully the Bulldogs will be able to hold on and uh, hold on and get another good. Looks like they, yeah, looks like they will. But yeah, going back to the freshman of the year, you know, we'll definitely have to have to talk about that um, here in a podcast coming up. It's it's you know whether it's an MVP, whether it's freshman of the year, rookie of the year, you know it argument debate on is it is it a big deal or is it worth anything to be on a winning, winning team? Right. I mean, AJ green, probably probably better offensively than I would say DJ Wilkins, but overall you look at the entire picture. I mean, on Saturday, Wilkins played the entire game. He didn't sit one minute and for a freshman to do that um, is, is big time anyway, but for a coach to trust a freshman to do that, is in my opinion says a lot so it'll be it'll be a tough race i think we we do have the two two i guess top dogs in that race here in the state um and these next couple of weeks will be uh will be a good will be a good race and a good thing to watch on that front too what uh what do you got for an say, update uh, speaking of dj we have him going to the line um with seven seconds left here in a one-point game uh sau came down and hit a deep three uh so we're at 70 69 um dj coming to shoot two, shoot two here so again um big moment here for a young kid to be able to step up and made the first one and hopefully uh hit two big free throws on the road and like you said it's it's obviously the numbers and you look at the points per game and the rebound and the shooting percentage and that both those guys are um able to do but you mentioned some of the un made of both um some of the things that just the coaches trust and belief in him and being able to uh you know impact the game on both ends of the floor and you know not be a liability on on either side um 
cock ran out on him. 72, 72, 69. Uh, good, good for the Bulldogs there. Um, on the road, another interesting thing actually was I was watching the broadcast. Um, Ray Giacoletti was actually calling the game. Uh, for all you uh, Bulldog fans out there, awkward <laughs> Bulldog fans out there. I, at, at first, um, actually, when they said their name, I thought that one of them misspoke and thought that maybe like Ray Giacoletti was still the Bulldogs coach. And then I was still like, wait a minute, did he say? <laughs> so yeah, sure enough. Um, Ray Jacoletti wow. was calling this game on uh, ESPN Plus, which is which is kind of interesting, but interesting. Um, well, let's do this. You know, this was a a lot of fun. Like I said, watching that game and uh, you know talking about it here in the next couple weeks here for both teams. But um, go to our Twitter page, and we will have um, we will have an updated freshman of the year uh, poll out there for you guys to vote on. AJ Green or DJ Wilkins? Let's see who wins on Twitter, and then we'll see who wins at the end of the year here. But uh, again, Brian, it was it was it was fun. I hope the listeners enjoyed it. Um, and as I mentioned, reach out to us uh, on Twitter. Uh, check on that on the poll here right now should be up, and um, reach out to us on Facebook too. We're at the Shooters Touch, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Have a great night, everybody.